The Right Fit Podcast is brought to you by Rising Coaches Search and Consulting. If you are hiring and you need help identifying, vetting, and recruiting five to 10 finalists that fit the profile of your institution, then reach out to Rising Coaches. We have experience helping organizations hire ADs, head coaches, and assistant coaches in every sport, and even corporate positions. Our prices are designed to fit small college budgets. For more information, visit risingcoaches.com. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Right Fit second season. I'm Daryl Jacobs, your host and ESPN College Basketball College analyst, as well as the executive director of Rising Coaches DEI Alliance. Join me every Friday noon Eastern time with guests and decision makers for both the professional world of sports as well as collegiate athletics. Joining me today, I'm very privileged to have the vice chancellor, director of athletics, University of Kansas City, Missouri, also known as UMEKC, Dr. Brandon Martin. Dr. Martin, welcome to the show. Glad to be here, Daryl. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm glad you can be here with us today. So before we get started with the Q&A, um, I want you to tell the listeners and viewers a little bit about yourself and talk about your journey into collegiate athletics and why. Sure, sure. So my journey in intercollegiate athletics started in 2000 at uh, the University of Southern California. Uh, I'm a three-time alum at, at USC. I've had the opportunity to work for Mike Garrett, the athletic director, um, in 2000. It was Pete Carroll's first year. Worked there for 10 years uh, from a director uh, of, uh, of admissions, student-athlete admissions, all the way up to assistant AD, associate AD, to the number three person in charge, um, all the way up to 2010. That was during the dynasty years of Pete Carroll. Uh, that was where I cut my teeth and learned the industry and found my niche on what I wanted to be in the industry and what type of indelible mark I would leave in higher education. From 2010, had the opportunity to work for Joe Castiglione at the University of Oklahoma for three years. One of the best decisions I ever could have made uh, working for Joe, uh, being in Norman, Oklahoma versus being in Los Angeles was uh, a little bit of a culture shock, a little bit. But um, it he taught me a different uh, way to be an administrator, taught me some of the, the lessons to, to be learned that, that I hadn't gotten in the 10 years at USC. So it was a fantastic experience. Transitioned there to Cal State Northridge, uh, where I was the athletics director for five years. Did some transformational things there, and uh, it was a chance for me to get back home, which was great. And uh, really proud of the work that I did there, me and my team did there. And was recruited to come here to UMKC, and uh, that was in December of 2018. I've been here uh, three years as of today. And it's been um, it's been a, a great experience to be here in Kansas City. Uh, the people make the place, and it's such a sports town. And there's so many alums that we have uh, that support us 
Um, 68% of our alumni are within, you know, 15 miles of, of, of campus. And so that's remarkable. And so it's been a really good, good experience for me. Um, in terms of the why, Daryl, it, it's, it's about what I said before, being cognizant of, of the, the mark that I want to have um, as an African-American man in higher education, not only as a director of athletics, but as a professor. Uh, I serve as a, re a, a um, professor in three disciplines on, on, uh, on campus, in the Block School of Business, in the uh, College of Education, and in Race, Ethnic, and Gender Studies. Um, I'm also a vice chancellor, which means that I'm I'm highly engaged in the academic affairs side on campus in retention and graduation for um, underrepresented populations. And so uh, I play multiple positions on campus and I firmly believe that it's a godly assignment and I'm here for a reason, here to serve primarily, but here to make a mark and, and for three years, it's been a, a great journey for not only myself, but for my family. Well, happy anniversary to you. It's just so happy <laughs> today. So let's only propose that, you know, you'd be here with us. Let's talk about the hiring process when you came in, Dr. Martin, compared to now. You know, talk about the differences when you were coming into collegiate athletics compared to now and some of the things that you may be doing um, during the hiring process. Sure. So when you talk about the hiring process, um, you know, I think you have to look at it from multiple lenses. If you're hiring an athletic administrator, an AD, or you're hiring a coach, um, I think right now what's most important is, is that when you look at higher education from a macro lens, you're dealing with a different consumer. Uh, and so from that standpoint, uh, things are a lot different than it was back in 2000 right, almost uh, 22 years ago. The pressure uh, for athletic directors is uh, insurmountable in terms of getting it right, making that right higher. And we all can agree that it's an educated guess. I don't care who you are. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen um, with, with making a higher but whether you're hiring an athletic director or a coach, and I'm going to lean a little bit more um, on the coaching side, but it, it's about uh, the resources are different now. The infrastructure needs um, are uh, vastly different. Um, the expectations uh, of winning is is different, um, and 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 the pace of the searches. If you look at the searches uh, that were conducted in 2000 versus the ones that are now, coaches are being hired in two, three days. <laughs> um, if you have the infrastructure and resources versus back then, they took a little bit more time. Um, the reliance on search firms, uh, search firms are, are key and search firms are uh, invaluable from a standpoint of it, it, it gives the AD a chance to, um, to get a different perspective and, and actually cover um, on, on a lot of different fronts. And so, you know, I think the, the, the pressure both on the 
AD and the pressure on the coaches has has really um, <laughs> redefined what our what our roles are. Um, and when you say, "Hey, I'm the vice chancellor, director of athletics at UMKC," today I have to explain it a lot more deeply and, and deeper than I would have in 2000. And I think that's relative to whether you're at UMKC or if you're at Texas or Oklahoma or Rutgers. So I think let me let me interrupt you. Why do you think that is? I think because when you when you imagine the arms race in college athletics, and what most people don't don't think about, Daryl, is why do we have an arms race? Well, it's because higher education is a business. Okay, higher education is a business. When you pay um, a football coach $115 million, okay, there's um, an expectation for a return on investment. Okay, that football coach makes more than the chancellor or president. So symbolically, what does that mean? What does that say? Right. And so there's a lot of people within higher education that hide from that reality that our industry is a business. Now that we have name, image and likeness, a lot of folks have come to terms with the fact that, yeah, we have to pay the student athletes. Yeah, we have to do certain things. We have to make certain concessions. But if you really do your research on higher education, it's a business and college athletics is just one component of that. Yeah. And that's, you know, what the thing is with, with, with the hiring process, things have changed so dramatically. And it's, it's very interesting when you're talking about from 2000 to now, 21 years later, the differences um, in regard to the hiring process. Talk about, let's talk about the prospecting, you know, how, how people can find jobs, particularly, you know, this is rising coaches. Of course, you serve on our board advisor for the DEI Alliance. Talk about sure. um, from the coaching aspect, a lot of coaches are probably going to watch mm-hmm. this and try to figure out because this is, is the right fit, called the right fit. Talk about if you contract out with a search firm as compared to if you do the search internally yourself. Um, you know, some of the things you may tell a search firm and if you do it internally, some of the things you may focus on yourself. Yeah, I, I, I think you, you made a great I like your question. And I think as the coaches, they watch this, they want to know how they get the job. Right. And so if we focus on that, I think it's, it's critically important um, that athletic directors um, and administrators, we talk about the right fit, but we really don't expound on that and explain what that is. And, and the fit can be different at UMKC than it is at Mizzou, okay, or any other institution. Um, But the fit has to be in alignment, not only with me as the AD, but it has to be in alignment with the president or chancellor. It has to be in alignment with the faculty. It has to be in alignment with a lot of the stakeholders in the community. That's one. Number two, from a preparation standpoint, it's important that coaches enter that interview, not just about how you win games. It's important that they understand what is the mission of the university? What is the mission of the 
athletics department? What are the goals? What are the objectives? What are some of the recent successes of not only, um, you know, one uh, respective sport, but the entire athletics department? And how, what is your value proposition? Okay, how, how are you going to make the athletics department, but the university better? The other piece is, is we've entered a new era of student athlete welfare. Um, and so how are you going to take that student athlete, that 18 year old, and by the time um, he or she is, is uh, 22, how do you take them from A to Z? How do you make them better? And what is your, what do you bring to the table to make them better? Not only as a player, okay, but as, as a human being and a citizen, um, you know, in our country, that's, that's, that's important. What type of awareness are you going to provide student athletes about their reality in the world? That's that's important. I think going that deep is is critically important because what does that speak to? That speaks to the speed of trust. Right. Okay. And so if I can speak to the speed of trust, then that's going to make me feel like, hey, you're being transparent. You're being real with me. Then you might be the right person for this for this opportunity the other piece is is uh, you know what i've discovered over you know a couple of decades in this industry is is that you know some coaches come in and they don't have a strategic vision right. of of you and, know how and, they can... and, and i'm glad you said that because i find yeah. that even at the professional level you know unfortunately for african-american coaches and talking to uh White coaches, they say sometimes uh, African-American coaches don't come in with a strategic plan or, or strategic vision that they can actually um, demonstrate when sure. trying to get the job. Sure. And so it's it's about what is your plan in year one, three and five? What is your plan for player development? What is your plan for the community? What is your plan in terms of communications, communications with the larger campus community with the students? What is your plan to communicate with not only the athletic director, but um, maybe the director of marketing? Maybe it's the um, deputy for development. What's your plan for that? And so it's a lot more holistic than saying, I'm going to go out and I'm going to recruit the best talent because talent wins the games. Okay. Well, I mean, there's, something to say that we, we can't really refute that. But if I'm going to make a decision to hire you, I need to know that you're thinking about this in a more holistic way. Let's, let's talk about the do's and don'ts. And, and based on your experience when interviewing, mm-hmm. um, you know, some of the do's that you probably experienced that were real, real good and talk about some of the don'ts. And this is important for whether it's an administrator or, or a coach trying to obtain a position within collegiate athletics? Yeah, I think ego is a problem, Daryl. Ego is a problem. There might be a coach who said, hey, you know what? I've had top five recruiting classes the last five years. I've, I've done this, and so I don't need to come in as prepared as the other candidate. And that's not necessarily true. And so we have to remove, put the ego at the door. Okay, that's number one. Number two is, is that um, you have to over-prepare. 
Um, I've been in interviews where one coach brought in um, 515 pages of information about how they would design a defense, right? Um, and <laughs> being overprepared. I mean, it was, it was it was amazing to see the depth of preparation that this particular coach had. But I think it's, it's, it's important that coaches walk into that room and build some sort of trust, some sort of connection with the athletic director or whoever's in that room. It could be a search committee, right? Search firm, search committee, but build some trust, right? And so you have to be likable, right? So you can be very good, right? right. But if you don't walk into the room and you don't have a smile on your face, and if you're, you know, you got a, candy red suit on and and you know all of those things i'm being funny but you, you know this is you are the ceo and the president of your program all right and so you need to approach it that way and so you need to be able to speak to every facet of the program and not to say that you're not going to delegate um, different elements of that to your assistant coaches that's why they're hired but you need to be able to speak to that in, in, in great detail, um, because as time moves on, um, these hires are critical. You know, uh, if you bring it close to home, you know, this is how I feed my family right. <laughs> based off of the coaches that, that I hire. And so it's critically important that I'm able to trust you and that I know that you're you've done your due diligence. Right. Well, you know what? Let's hold that thought. Let's come back. Let me take a commercial break, pay some bills so my boss won't get mad at me. And we'll be back here with the right fit with Vice Chancellor, Director of Athletics, University of Missouri, Kansas City, Dr. Brandon Martin. The Right Fit Podcast is brought to you by Rising Coaches Search and Consulting. Tired of spending what seems like all of your time and budget filling coaching vacancies? Let Rising Coaches Search and Consulting handle your next coaching search. Our process is simple. We identify, vet, and recruit a talented and diverse group of professionals that fits your institution's profile, all for a low price that we guarantee will beat our competitions. Plus, all of your searches will be handled by former coaches, meaning we will get the best possible insight on all of your candidates, and you'll get the perspective that only a former coach could provide. For testimonials, a full client list, or more information, please visit risingcoaches.com. Welcome back to The Right Fit here with Vice Chancellor, Director of Athletics, Dr. Brandon Martin, Missouri, University of Missouri, Kansas City. Um, we're talking about The Right Fit in terms of athletic administration, as well as on the coaching side as well. Dr. Martin, let's talk about how to get your foot in the door, navigating um, within the industry, both from an administrative side and coaching side as well. You kind of hit on it a little bit about the coaching side, but talk about some of the things um, anybody that's aspiring to get into collegiate athletics, whether they want to be a coach or athletic administrator, some of the things they should do. Number one is humility. So there's, especially with this new generation, there's this expectation that they're going to go from this 
um, you know, graduate assistant all the way up to being a deputy athletic director in a span of two or three years. And that's just not the case. And so um, I think humility, understanding that you might have to start as a graduate assistant, you might have to start as a director at the bottom floor and be willing to work your way up. So humility is another one. Number two would be your network and the people who can serve as advisors and mentors for you in your climb up the ladder. And so um, one of the things that, that I talk about, and this is from um, Bob Bodine's book is, you know, who's on your personal board of directors, right? Um, who's going to be that person that who's a trusted advisor, a trusted friend, a trusted colleague that you can call on when it's time to you, for you to get that opportunity. Number three is work ethic. Being willing to outwork um, the next person beside you. Uh, being willing to sacrifice um, the weekends. Most people view the weekends as a chance to recover. Um, but <laughs> being able, being able to, to say, you know what, Saturday is just another work day. And if I want to be that deputy AD, if I want to be that head coach, I need to watch film or, you know, I need to um, be able to to have a report ready for my athletic director and go that extra mile. You know, I go back to, you know, from 2000 to 2010 when I was at USC. Uh, during the dynasty years at, at SC, um, you know, there were days when I would, you know, sleep on the couch in my office and, and, and just learn from Pete and his staff, not so much about football because I'm not a coach. I didn't have any desire to be a coach, but from a leadership standpoint, um, being able to understand, um, you know, how they approach things and, what that also allowed me to do was build trust with that staff. And so you have to be able to, to, to be uncommon, as uh, Coach Dungy says, you have to be uncommon and you have to do uncommon things to be able to be successful. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned that. I mean, you know, you sleeping on the couch. Me, of course, a former coach, I slept on my office couch many of nights after a bad loss, watching film, just staying in the office trying to get it right. Yeah. Yeah. taking a shower and all that kind of stuff. And also, you know, you go to these professional development things for coaches, particularly the NCAA Final Four and with administrators as an actor. And I've heard a lot of people say they didn't have the money, but somebody else put them up. They slept on the floor and yeah. they did X, Y, and Z. So, you know, those are the things you talked about being uncommon. And, you know, another phrase is learning how to be uncomfortable, <laughs> you know, as well. That's right. That's and, right. And, and, and another thing you hit on there was very important is about, Collegiate athletics and pro sport is not a nine to five. Yeah. You know, you know, it's it's a 24 seven, um, you know, occupation, if you want to call it that, if you're doing, if you're passionate about it, it's not an occupation, you know, as well. Let's talk about change. You know, one of the things we're experiencing now across all sports is changes, you know, particularly in collegiate athletics, you know, the NCAA is beginning to look at a lot of things to do some restructuring. You mentioned the NIL um, coming into play. Talk about some of the changes or some of the trends um, 
that you will you think someone needs to be abreast of or some of the trends that may become commonplace down the road um, in collegiate athletics? Yeah, I think the, the two that I will point out is one that I've mentioned already is um, name, image, and likeness. That one there is it's fluid. It's still, it's defined, but it's um, still loose, for lack of a better word, in terms of the do's and don'ts. But it's going to be a great mechanism for programs to compete. Uh, I think it's also another way to increase the divide between a have and a have nots. Uh, the other one is the transfer portal um, continues to be a big one. And this is rising coaches. So most of the coaches who are listening in, um, they understand the opportunities, but also the frustrations with the transfer portal. Um, when we talk about the new consumer, right, um, the new student athlete, they're different than when we came out different than, you know, when I played, when you came out. And um, this consumer has different needs and uh, they have very short attention spans and they're entitled. And so given that, given that, the, the head coach's job has changed. And a lot of people don't want to talk about this, but the head coach's job has changed from just saying, hey, I'm going to win games. Well, how can you win games when you don't have any continuity on your team? Um, And so it's changed, which means that the athletic director's lens has changed as well. Right. And so all of that stuff is 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 critical. Now we can spend time complaining about it and all the downside of it. But I think we need to approach it with a growth mindset with the opportunities and so those are the two things that 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 i would that 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 i would um really highlight you know maybe the last one would be um, you know this conversation around the senior minority administrator position in college athletics and there's a lot of proponents of it and the people who are proponents are the most informed, but there's also folks who are proponents to check a box. And ideally we want this senior minority administrator to be in the huddle, right? And if you're in the huddle, that means that you're involved in the executive decisions that are made in the athletics department. Okay, if you're not in the huddle, you don't know what plays are being ran. If you don't know what plays are being ran, then you don't even know really how to go to step A, B, and C. So when we talk about job duties, we don't want this administrator to just be over, you know, some of the uh, functions of the athletics department that, that I don't want to say don't matter, okay, but they're not more the most significant. We want this administrator to have responsibility over revenue generating sports. Okay. We want this administrator to have fundraising experience. All right. We want this administrator to, to be involved in strategic planning. Why? Because that's how you develop the pipeline for those administrators to get opportunities, not just to say, 
okay, I have a person of color on my staff and they're over these four duties to where when they have a conversation with the search firms, then they say, well, okay, well, you're not on football or basketball. Okay, well, we're just going to, you know, exclude you from this search. That's not what we want. You know, the thing is, you hit on some some great points, and um, I wish we had more time. I know we pressed for time. So what I do with all my guests, I do something what I call word association, and it's very interesting the response we get um, here, but it's nothing that um, none of the guests um, seem to have any issue with. So I'm going to just say a word, and you give me the first thing that comes to mind. Um, UMKC. Acres of diamonds. California. Home. Family. Love. And finally, collegiate athletics. Ever changing. Dr. Martin, thank you for taking the time to join me. Morning, your time. Afternoon, my time here on the East Coast. And I want to thank the viewers and listeners for joining us. You know, join us next Friday again for another great guest here on the Right Fit Podcast. You know, until then, I'm Daryl Jacobs. Please stay healthy, stay safe, talk to you very soon.